Good morning, church. Is this thing on? Hello. There we go. He came down from heaven and was born into flesh. Angels heralded his entrance into the world. Shepherds and kings laid tribute at his feet, and the star of his birth shone brightly above. Angels from the realms of glory Wing your flight o'er all the earth He who sang creation's story Now proclaim the Messiah's birth Come and worship, come and worship Worship Christ the newborn King Shepherds in the fields abiding, watching all your flocks by night. God with man is now residing, yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. sound of angels' voices surely scared the shepherds. Who expected, they expected only wolves, right? For excitement. Celestial beings, bright harps, voluminous tones, roused men from their slumber to find that the teacher of peace had been born. Oh, 
There is Noel in Merry Christmas. See what I did there? Hold on, hold on. I have to pull something up here. There we go. So Noel is a, is a term signifying the holiday season. Noel comes to us from the Latin verb uh, nasi, N-A-S-C-I, meaning to be born. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the birth of Jesus was called natalis. A variation of this word, nael, N-A-E-L, made its way into Old French as a reference to the Christmas season and later into Middle English as Noel, N-O-W-E-L. But what it means to us, of course, is the birth of God, the birth of Christ into this world. So Noel, there, there is Noel in Merry Christmas. So uh, gold and frankincense and myrrh were what Balthazar, Casper, and Melchior brought him. They came to pay tribute to the one they correctly interpreted from the scriptures as the Messiah. Their faith brought them to Jesus. And I wonder if their gifts were used on Christ when they laid him in the tomb. So, I wonder that.
Please have a seat. All right, if you would read with me, my brothers and sisters. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. All right, so from, from Zondervan. The child, let me get it so I can read it here. Here we go. The child and son in these verses is the promised Messiah who will rule over Israel in a future age of peace. This royal son of David is given four throne names, each cons consisting of two elements. The name Wonderful Counselor points to the Messiah as a king who determines and carries out a program of action. The royal program of the Messiah will cause the entire world to marvel. The title Mighty God, used with this reference to the Lord in uh, to the Lord stresses his divine power as warrior. Everlasting Father signifies that he will be the everlasting, compassionate provider and protector of his people. Prince of Peace is a designation indicating that the rule of the Messiah will bring wholeness and well-being into individuals and to society at large. Unlike Emmanuel, these titles are not like normal Old Testament personal names and indicate the uni uniqueness and special character of the coming Messiah. Of the coming Messiah, the coming Messiah will fulfill God's promise to David, considering uh, concerning the permanency of his dynasty, and will enable the house of David to become all that God intended to be. He will rule with justice forever. In spite of the king's sins of the kings like Ahaz. Christ is a descendant of David who will rule in righteousness forever. Thank you. It's one of my favorite uh, 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 passages from the Old Testament to, that prophesizes Jesus. And um, you know, having said that, the if we just focus focus on one of the names, Mighty Counselor. <laughs> well, not it's not Mighty Counselor, right? It says he's Wonderful Counselor, and if he's a Wonderful Counselor, how come we don't listen to him? Sometimes the simple questions are the ones that we have to answer, right? <laughs> and uh, but God is good and all the time um, as we pray this morning um, we have oh thank you 
we have uh, people who are uh, under the weather uh, and uh, aren't able to be here today. Uh, so we're going to pray for them to get well. Uh, I just want to pray for, for people to, uh, that God might soften their hearts to hear how much Jesus loves them, especially this time of year. And uh, I'm just praying, uh, if you look at my Facebook page, and I put in there uh, that um, don't, don't get sucked into the, uh, into the culture's definition of what Christmas is. Rather, it's about the Christ who was born into this messy world to save us and to rescue us from ourselves and from sin. So as we, as we do this, I'm going to ask those who are helping to collect the offering if you would come up. Yes. Okay. What's, what's his first name? Mike. Mike. Okay. All right. Um, let's pray. Father, during this holiday season, we have ample opportunities to proclaim not only the name of Christ, but the message of Christ. Would you help us to do that in a loving way? Would you help us to do that, uh, Father, uh, in a way where we're not bashful, shy, but still loving? And Father, um, we want to pray for this this man who's uh, uh, in the process of renal failure and other complications. Oh, Father, we just pray that you might touch him and restore him to health. And Father, we know he's uh, uh, related to Brianna, and she must be concerned. So, Father, may she look to you. May she uh, pray for him also. And Father, we lift him up. And Father, we pray if it's your will that you would heal those kidneys especially. And Father, just uh, uh, bring him back to good health. And Father, I want to pray for those, uh, again, for whom this holiday season may be tough. Uh, for people who have lost loved ones, for people who um, don't have family in the area, for, especially for our military father who will be spending Christmas, many of them, away from their families. I just ask that you would bless these men and women who, who serve our country honorably and provide for them during this time. Father, our purpose is to lift up Christ. Our purpose, Father, is not only lift him up that proclaim to the world that he is the Savior of the world. Would you help us to do that? Help us to do that through uh, giving as we worship and help us to do that in everything we do. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
several years back, there was a commercial on television, and they used a, uh, a gentleman who did the voiceovers for um, trailers for movies that were coming out. He's got a really distinctive voice. I don't know if you uh, remember him. I, I forget his name. No, it's a different guy. He's been doing this for years. But he's got a great voice too, right? Um, but this is the way the trailers would start. In a world, right? In a world where there's, you know, whatever it is. And so uh, we're going to look at a passage today from Luke chapter 2, and I'll bring it up in a second. Um, but here's the way, if, I, if this was made into a movie... Uh, here's the way I would announce it, okay? In a world that is too often darkened by sin and evil, we need good news with promises and hope. Would you agree with that? Okay. Now, I, th I really believe this is what the world is searching for, but they're looking in the wrong places many times. For, for promises and hope. But I want you to understand how cosmic and incredible God is in the fact that without the help of television, internet, newspapers, God interrupted life with a bulletin of good news. God sent an angel to announce that a savior has been born into Bethlehem. This good news is just as much needed today as it was 2,000 years ago. And we're going to look at the proclamation of that in a moment, but I want to suggest to you, I'm going to reflect a little bit, okay? One of the worst things that ever happened to us as a society, I believe, is, was when everything got locked down from covid with the isolation and, and the, uh, you know, the young people uh, missing out on their education and, and all the ramifications on that. Over the past three, four years especially, it just seems to me that any news we hear is bad stuff. Right? I mean, uh, even now, uh, you know, with uh, the political climate, who's trying to get who and you know, who's corrupt, who's not corrupt. Tough to know sometimes, isn't it? And yet, the same, th the same things existed 2,000 years ago. You know where the corruption was 2,000 years ago? In the government. In the temple. <laughs> As Solomon would say, there's nothing new under the sun. I can't emphasize enough the magnitude of the announcement that was made to the shepherds. So would you, would you read? Uh, we're not going to read the whole thing. What we're going to do is we're going to break it in parts, okay? And you'll see why in a, in a moment. Um, a cosmic good news announcement. We didn't need CNN. God didn't need Fox News. It didn't even need the Internet. And yet this was a cosmic announcement. How do I know that? Because this particular announcement came straight from heaven. 
correct? And not only did it come straight from heaven, but a little later on, a couple of years later on, these magi over probably around India who knew the scriptures, they were not Jewish. They knew the scriptures. And they knew that when that star appeared, the Savior was born. Look at this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree, a census, that a census should be taken of the entire Roman Empire. Now, listen, whenever government is involved, uh, involved like this, uh, the chief reason is to get more money from you, right? More taxes. Plus, they have to allocate troops and all sorts of stuff. Uh, this was the first census that took place while uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own town to register. I often marvel that we think, sometimes overtly and uh, inadvertently, that we can control God in his timing. <laughs> he must be laughing a whole lot up in heaven. These are the powers of the time. And on their authority, they called a census. Everyone was to go to their hometown. The only thing they didn't realize was this was God's perfect timing. That's why when people kind of get upset, you know, with, with the circumstances, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned, but when people get upset with the circumstances that's happening around us, nothing takes God by surprise, number one. Number two, leave it in his hands. That doesn't mean we do nothing, but leave it in his hands hands because God's timing's perfect. Mine isn't. I wish God would let me in on his timing. He doesn't. Does he let you in on it? All I know is that God's never late. And I know God's never too early. But God's right on time. And so this decree went out. And look, look at what happens from this decree. Joseph also went up from town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David. Does anybody know how far Nazareth is from Bethlehem? All right. 80 miles. That would be from here to the Meadowlands, right? 80 miles. Oh, yeah, yeah. 80 miles. And Joseph belonged to the house of David. And the other thing that the officials didn't know was this decree to take a sentence, fulfill prophecy. They weren't even aware of it. I don't have time to, to go into the prophecies. I have them written down. They're in my notes. You can get my notes online, by the way, at uh, Bible.com. And uh, I'll just give you uh, an instance. We looked at Genesis 3.15 last week. Uh, that prophesied, prophesied the coming of the Messiah. Hebrews 2.16, Genesis 49.10, Isaiah 7.14, Micah 5.2. It's all there. And here it is in the process of being fulfilled. It's amazing. Huh. 
You know, in, in all of this, even with the tragedy that happened over um, in uh, Eastern Europe, you know, w with the r Russian attacks and, and all of this stuff, you know what that started to do? That started to force, um, force the Jewish population in Eastern Russia back to Jerusalem, back to Israel. That could be the start of a fulfillment of prophecy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, right? God's timing is never wrong. Um, so Joseph went there with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, uh, and was expecting a child. So uh, I'm going to take a guess here and say she was nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey without shock absorbers. How do you think she felt? How do, you think, how do you think Joseph felt? She's riding, he's walking. All right? The journey was 80 miles. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Whose time came? Jesus. In God's perfect timing. He was born, right? And she gave birth to her firstborn, her son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Just at the right time, the census was called. Joseph and Mary made the journey, an uncomfortable journey of 80 miles with a donkey and him walking. They get to Jerusalem and they find no Holiday Inn. Right? They went to everywhere and there was no room for them except probably in a cave that was used as a Shelter for animals. How ironic that the king of heaven would be born in a stable. And not only born in a stable, but how ironic that he was born to parents who were hard-working peasants that the king of heaven should come as a helpless baby. And the hope of mankind was laying in that manger. God's timing is perfect. Let's look at the announcement. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock, flocks at night. Shepherds uh, were the lowest of the low in the Hebrew community, okay? And, and here's why. They always smelled. Uh, in fact, when shepherds went into town, you could smell them coming before you saw them. And people, when they would see them, they would walk across far enough to get out of the smell. But that wasn't the only reason. 
by working with animals and because of the schedule of shepherds, uh, they were ceremonially, ceremonially unclean, according to the Jewish tradition. And they couldn't get to the temple regularly. They couldn't get uh, do the uh, the rituals that would that would cleanse them again regularly. So shepherds were actually looked upon as the lowest of the low. And yet God chose, in His perfect timing, to make the greatest announcement in the universe to the lowest of the low. And notice what they were doing. They were working. They were working. Shepherding is hard work. Uh, you know, we, we don't realize that here only because, you know, we're, we're kind of an industrial nation. But shepherding is hard work. Sheep are rebellious animals many times. They run away from the shepherd. They go, uh, you know, they, they'll lay down. They'll turn over. And uh, it's called downcast, by the way. And they can't get back up again because they don't have the muscles to do it. Unless a rescuer, the shepherd, comes and starts to massage the blood back into the legs and then gently turns the sheep on the side and massages the rest of the body, after a while that sheep can get back up again, but that sheep needs a rescuer. In that manger was the great shepherd, our rescuer. Because sin makes us downcast, doesn't it? We can't upright ourselves. That took the baby in the manger going to the cross to rescue us. The great shepherd. The great shepherd. But look at the honor here that God in his grace would announce the birth of his son to the least in the society. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is at night, by the way. Think how you would feel. You know, you know what they would say today? It had to be a UFO, right? Had to be a UFO, right? Here we go. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you what? Good news, which is the word for gospel, by the way, that will cause what? Great joy for who? Not just for the Jews, but for the whole world. That baby in the manger is the savior of the world. Whoa. I love this. You know, you've heard me say this before. There are 365 clauses in the Bible uh, where uh, it is proclaimed either by angels or Jesus, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Listen, where God and his grace and his righteous love are working, we don't have to be afraid. That doesn't mean we're irreverent, but it does mean that God is in control. This is something special. 
Here's the proclam- Here's the rest of the proclamation. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. <laughs> Notice that. Hey, shepherds, people don't even want to be bothered with you. But today, today, this rescuer who is going to rescue the world is here to rescue you. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is uh, the Messiah, the Lord. Do you realize, I'm going to give you a uh, hypothetical uh, example here. Um, If you were the only person on this earth, Jesus still would have come for you. How humbling is that? If you were the only person on this earth, Jesus will still have come for you. Now it's up to you whether you receive him or not, right? We find out in the Gospel of John that uh, many did not receive him. Many of his own people didn't receive him. But the offer is there, nonetheless. What an incredible, gracious story this is. You know, and, and this has an impact on, on the shepherds, obviously. It has an impact on the shepherds. Uh, let me get into this. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby uh, in, in wrapped in clothes laying in a manger. Now, I want you to try imagine this. Uh, I played uh, Tuesday night a clip uh, for the men from Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Ghost of Christmas Eve. Great piece. If you look at the story, uh, the, the story is beautiful. Uh, it's about a runaway teenager, okay, and her encounter with God, all right, in a theater, an abandoned theater. It's really good. And, of course, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, talented, talented. You know, when they, they, they don't do anything small, you know, they have the lights, the fireworks, uh, you know, all, all, of, all of this stuff. And listen, I love them. And, I, you know, during the holidays, I look at the DVD. But this announcement in the field was more magnificent. More magnificent. Have we lost the magnificence? And by the way, this, this was also the proclamation of the Great Commission to go into the whole world with the gospel because the scripture says that Jesus was born for all people. The word of God becomes flesh. He was fully God, fully man, yet as a baby, he didn't speak yet. So the word of God takes on flesh, fully God, fully man, and the word can't speak yet. He will, but not yet. And, you know, a lot of times you get Christmas cards and you'll see the, the scene in the manger and the baby's got a halo and, and, and Joseph has a halo and Mary's got a halo and... As, as romantic as we made that, they didn't have halos. 
Jesus was a baby. And I'm sure when he messed himself, he cried, right? And I'm sure, you know, Mary would say, oh, I got to change him again, you know, all of that. He was born into the life we live. God broke through the mess of humanity in a messy stable. And the mess of humanity is caused by rebellion against God. The bread of heaven took on flesh by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. The bread of heaven was born in the house of bread, Bethlehem. That's what it means, right? The baby was, was hope for all people who seek him. The other Jews avoided the shepherds because they were smelling unclean. Now, this is not in this passage, but I'm going to give you something to think about. The Pharisees and Sadducees were not far away, and yet not one of them came to investigate this baby. Not one of them. They knew prophecy, but not one of them. And what prevented them from coming in humbling cells and worshiping this baby was their pride and their self-righteousness. Two of the same things that prevent us today from coming humbly and worshiping. Well, let's look at the uh, reaction. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God. Praising God. I mean, this was better than any concert you could go to. Right? A great company of angels. This must have been incredible. You know, if I were there, I would say, get me a chair. I want to see this. You know? They were praising God and they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, whoops. It says, when the angels left them, meaning the shepherds, and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You know, uh, there's been a lot of flu going around. COVID is rearing its ugly head again, and and all. And one of a preacher's worst nightmares, if I can put it this way, is on a Sunday morning waking up sick. Okay, knowing that you can't go into the pulpit or whatever, and then the question comes up: Who can I get to replace me? What can we do? And all. And listen, uh, you know. If that happens to me on a Sunday, which it has sometimes, uh, God's still in control, right? He's still in control. But nonetheless, I want, you, I want you to get the flavor of this. The shepherds were in charge of the flocks, correct? They didn't have a list of substitute shepherds to call. So they had to find substitute shepherds. They had to care for the flock to free them up to go see what was happening in Bethlehem 
Why? Because the Lord said so. The Lord said so. He provided the people to care for the flocks. While the shepherds got their first lesson in what it means to believe. And then the second lesson of what it means to be an evangelist. And so, let's look at this. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Oh, you don't know how many times I hear people say, hey, Pastor, I went to a great concert. Well, good. I love music. Yeah, you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. And they'll tell me what was great about it and this and that. The shepherds had an encounter with the angels. And they found Jesus just as they said. And they couldn't keep them to themselves. Can you picture this? The shepherd saying, hey, there were angels singing all around us. The lights were incredible. But the message was good news. It is the hope of men and women all over the world that this Savior would rescue us. Wow. This is what inspired a lot of the Christmas carols. <laughs> Look at this. And all who heard the message of the shepherds said to them, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Amazed. Right? I know Tommy and I talk about concerts and you know, I know some of you went to a concert at Keswick, which I'm sure was great and, and all, but these things can't compare to what this is. All the shepherds were evangelists. Now, could you imagine that shepherds now going back? First of all, I don't want to skip over this. Shepherds hurried to see Jesus. They hurried. That's what the word says. When they got their replacements, they hurried to see Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees wouldn't move a step. The religious people, right? The lowest of the low who, who, whose job, you know Mike Rowe? You know who Mike Rowe is? Dirt, the dirtiest jobs? The shepherds had the dirtiest job. They had the messiest job. Sheep, poop, right? I mean, it was a messy, messy job. They get sick. It was a messy job. And yet in the middle of the mess, the announcement is made that the Savior came, and by implication that the Savior came into the mess of humanity who were are, who are sheep who have gone astray. And boy, we made messes, huh? We made messes. It 
this had to be something. I can't even imagine it. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll understand more of it when the Lord calls us home. But did I omit the last? Oh, no, there it is. The last verse in this. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When Mary Lou gave birth to Joey, um, Point Pleasant Hospital was still open. How many of you remember Point Pleasant Hospital? Okay. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. She gave birth at Point Pleasant Hospital. And uh, after she gave birth, um, this woman came walking into the delivery room in a, in a hospital gown. Five minutes before she gave birth, she gave birth to a, to, to a, uh, a baby boy, if I remember correctly. And here she is. She's walking around after the birth. And I'm saying, how, how can, she was a nurse, by the way. And I'm saying, how can you do that? And I saw the pain my wife went through and all. How can you do that? And she says, honey, this was my third child. I'm okay. You know? And I said, oh, okay. But I think of Mary giving birth to this child, probably utterly exhausted. And it says she treasured up all of these things. In other words, to treasure up, she was storing them in her heart. And that word pondering in the original language means looking at this from every angle carefully. Here's a virgin who gives birth, whose parents are probably have Joseph on their hit list, right? And Mary, of course, was the gossip of, of the town, right? And she's pondering why, well, here's the answer. God, the angel gave her the answer. Because of God's grace, he chose Mary to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And she pondered that. Christmas is special. But it's only special when it revolves around the birth of our Savior. Christmas is a great time for family and friends. But we have to realize that we have family or friends because God is gracious to us. So he gives us families to love and cherish. He gives us husbands and wives, you know, to love and cherish. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, as you know, coming up in a family with no money, gifts weren't an important thing. Uh, and whatever my parents could afford, uh, she'd get so angry at me and my brother, we'd always find them you know, before Christmas. Um, you know, and, and when she started talking Italian, I knew we were in trouble. But, uh, you know, we would find them before uh, Christmas. But what I remember most, this may sound kind of corny to you. Here's what I remember most growing up. I remember the Christmas tree with the bubble lights. Remember the bubble lights? Okay. I remember, I remember the Christmas tree with the bubble lights. And I remember the whole family getting together 
hearing the stories, being a family. But I remember the manger that was under the tree. I used to sit there, watch the bubble lights, and watch the manger, just in awe as a kid. Christmas is all about Jesus. I hope we can recover that. Uh, I, I, I really don't like going into places and they say, Happy Holidays. No, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Listen, here's what I hope you get out of this. Let's take time to reflect and rejoice in the love and the grace of God. Let's hear the message of salvation that's for all people and the magnitude of the message of the gospel. Let's be obedient to God and spread, his, spread this good news to everyone. So when you go home today, if you get the Sunday paper, um, you know, if you want to read it, fine, but I can tell you it's all bad news. You know, every once in a while you get a story about, you know, a food bank that helps people or somebody who goes to Walmart and pays off the presents for someone and, and, and all of that. And that's all well and good. But the majority, the reason why people buy newspapers, look at the Internet news, look at the cable news, is because somehow we've gotten addicted to bad news. And we like yelling about it. Now let's shout the good news, because that's what we need. Let's live in the power of the Holy Spirit and under the direction of the Word of God for the glory of God in Christ. So as we prepare for our musical next week, we do it not to perform. We're not going to have fire coming out of the altar. We're not going to have strobe lights here, which would set off my vertigo. We're not going to have anything drop from the ceiling, hopefully. <laughs> but you will have people here whose hearts want to praise God. So I urge you to come and be a part of that. Gonna ask uh, the praise team to come up. As the praise team comes up, the last song I I chose was um, is "What Child Is This?" and I chose this uh, chose this song to send us off in a spirit of pondering the magnitude of the birth of the baby in Bethlehem. So, ladies and gentlemen, would you stand, please?
You know you sounded good today. So bring those voices next week again, okay? And if you come to choir tomorrow night, bring them to choir. One last thought on this passage. I told you that the shepherds were the lowest of the low, and yet the announcement was made to them, and they believed it, correct? Jesus came to the lowest of the low, and that was me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time of year. Help us, Father, to enjoy this season. Help us to enjoy families and friends. And, and Father, we pray for those under the weather. We pray that you would restore them to health so they can enjoy the holiday season also. But, Father, help us to keep Christ in the center of everything. And, Father, we'll give you the glory. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. God bless. You're dismissed.